Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday. I'm Joel Norris, and today we got some big things coming out of college football, uh, talking about the situation going on with Alabama and new newly committed defensive back Tony Mitchell. We're going to be talking about NIL. Last week we talked about the transfer portal. This week we're going to be talking about the NIL and how it has changed the landscape of college football. We're also going to be giving an outlook or at least my outlook of everybody, you know, in spring camp and what I would like to see from the top teams of college football heading in to the spring. We're on YouTube, so go to YouTube, watch the episode, subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. If you're listening on Podbean, a big thank you. Share around with others and follow on there as well. Uh, Spotify, we're on there. Share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Twitter and we have Facebook. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is just type that in, follow the page. You'll get updates for college football and NFL highlights, and you'll get notifications for episodes. Same thing with Facebook. All you got to do is type in pigskin frenzy on there, follow and like the page. You'll get updates for episodes, and you'll get notifications and news updates from across college football and NFL football. Let's kick it off, you know, down deep in Tuscaloosa, Alabama with Alabama football. And before we get into that, I was in Atlanta and I was thinking, look, Atlanta, College Football Hall of Fame, home of that, but also it's the true heart of the SEC, true heart of Southern football in Atlanta over there. And I was thinking, you know, this Tony Mitchell situation has has been getting on, you know, kind of coming into my head a little bit. So we're going to talk about that and break down that for a little bit. Now, by situation, I mean Alabama defensive back and commit, you know, going into the 2023 season. Freshman Tony Mitchell was arrested this past week um, for possession of marijuana and invading authorities by, you know, driving 140 miles per hour in a car. That's not the wisest decision as a freshman or a football player for Alabama if you're playing for Nick Saban, but... Listen, it does pay me to take you know, to talk about this because he is a good football player. I saw him in high. I mean, I watched highlights of him and saw him in high school when he was playing, and he was an electric player. I mean, uh, highly rated, highly talented recruit. Obviously, wanted to join the number one recruiting class in the nation coming up for twenty twenty three, and you know he wants to get some. He wants to get some notoriety and wants to get and you know, quite frankly, you know, NIL money. And, you know, we're going to talk about that later on in, you know, in the show because who doesn't want NIL nowadays? But he also wants to, you know, play pro one day. You know, he wants to play pro football one day. So it's it's one of those things where it's, okay, well, you know, it's a devastating situation, but you also got to look at it as, okay, I made a mistake, but I can move forward from this. I can show Coach Nick Saban, hey, um, this is a one-time thing. I'm not going to do this anymore. Let me prove to you how good I can be. I can stay in the classroom. I can be good off the field and, you know, on the field. That It will translate on the field, and I can, you know, show you who I really am. So, Tony Mitchell, he made a mistake, but if if anything comes out of it, it's one, a suspension, which he is uh, the school. Uh, Nick Saban already announced that he is suspended indefinitely from the team, unfortunately. but. If, you know, because I think they are reevaluating his status later. So if anything comes of that and he's not out of trouble during his suspension, then it's an unfortunate ending. I mean, it's an unfortunate mistake because, I mean, he's 
a good football player. He's talented. He played real, really good in high school. Let's see if it translates into college if he gets that chance. Now, if it doesn't, then, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, we, we just got to see, you know. It's one of those things where Nick Saban just got to evaluate. And you and listen, don't test the greatest coach of all time in college football. Don't. That's a game you don't want to do. That's a, a thing you don't want to be in. You do not want to test Nick Saban. Because if you test Nick Saban, then you're crossing something that you don't want to cross, okay? So let's not cross or test Nick Saban at all because he's dead serious and he means what he preaches and he means what he coaches. Now, we're talking about, you know, just Alabama in general. And I'm going to talk about Alabama in general, but I don't think this really affects Alabama at all. I mean, it's just for Alabama in the spring, it's just business as usual. I'll get to that in a minute. But with Tony Mitchell... It's one of those things where I don't want to talk about it because he is a highly touted recruit. However, it's you know it's something that's got to be no- mentioned and noticed. I mean, a, tout- a highly touted recruit making a not so good decision at the moment and got arrested for it. Now and suspended indefinitely. I hope he does come back strong and you know proves everybody wrong and it translate on the- it translates on the field how good he is because he was a good recruit and he's a and he's still you know in my mind, a talented football player, and hopefully he gets, you know, he turns everything around and gets to show how good he is in Tuscaloosa playing for Alabama. Now, what I mean by, you know, this isn't going to affect Alabama in any way, well, when I mentioned the heart of the SEC, you got Georgia on the east, but in the west, you got look no further for the past 15 years, Alabama. <laughs> I mean, Alabama has been kind of the stepping stone, if you will, not just in the SEC, but of college football. No secret. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, Nick Saban is, what, seven national championships now? He passed Bear Bryant. He wants to go for his eighth. He is, you know, he is literally the game bred of the SEC, he is the top dog. He is the greatest coach to ever coach college football. That's not, you know, opinion just by me. That's opinion by everybody. If you don't like them, I'm sorry. You know, if you do, great. You know, but at the same time, it's not going to change anything. He's still the greatest coach to ever coach college football, and he's the greatest coach that Alabama will ever have. So, I mean, it's not going to hurt Alabama any. I mean, like I said, Tony Mitchell's a good, talented recruit, but guess what? Alabama's got a full room of five-star and four-star defensive backs all vying for that starting job, same as any other position. Now, this brings the question, I mean, oh, no. What are they going to do when Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, who's going for the draft, they're losing Bryce Young, they're losing Will Anderson, the second-best edge rusher they've ever had on that team. They're, they're losing a Jameer Gibbs. They're losing a Brian Branch and Eli Ricks. You know what I say? I shrug. That's that, I mean, I don't say really anything. I just sit there and shrug. That's all I do because it's like I know Alabama's still going to be in it. It doesn't really matter. It's Alabama, and that's what Nick Saban says. Nick Saban says, we're going to use the guys that we got. We're going to build them up. We're going to recruit it. We're going to recruit more people, and they're going to still outdo the transfers, and they're going to still outdo your team. That's the mindset that they have. They have a championship mindset. Even when they're 10-2 and two or 11-2, and two, trying to win a Sugar Bowl, they have a championship mindset. Nick Saban is just built different. Now, if you want to, and, and Alabama's built different with Nick Saban. Now, if you don't like what I'm saying, I apologize. 
if you're not an Alabama fan, you're like, oh, I can't stand Alabama. But you got to admit and respect the fact that, again, at the end of the day, it's Alabama Crimson Tide football, and that's how their mindset is, and that's how their standard is. Their standard is competing in the playoff or winning a national championship every year. They raised that bar, and Nick Saban, Nick Saban got them to that standard and, and put that bar up for Alabama. Now, it's up to everybody else in college football to try to hold up that standard. Now, it seems like everybody else is catching on. Georgia's catching on. It's been Georgia's been the standard for the past two seasons. But, I mean, it's Alabama's still there. And Alabama this year is looking to prove that they ain't going anywhere and they're still here. So... I would say for Alabama with the Tony Mitchell situation, it's an unfortunate incident, but it's not going to change anything because their backs are against the wall and they're looking to win a championship in 2023. Now, I'll go more into that in the spring outlook because that ties in to what I'm saying about Alabama. But Tony Mitchell, unfortunate mistake that he made. He suspended after getting arrested for driving a speed limit of 140 miles per hour from invading authorities and he had a uh, possession of two, 226 grams of marijuana and $7,000 in cash in hand. Um, according to James Clark, a uh, new, uh, new details story from Sports Illustrated, James Clark wrote that from Sports Illustrated. So we'll get to we'll get to have more Alabama football in the spring outlook. But moving on, let's talk about NIL. I touched on that because I was like, oh, everybody wants NIL. Now, yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. Everybody wants NIL money nowadays. Uh, last week, I talked about how the transfer portal changed the landscape a little bit of how college football is ran, and it, it has. It's changed the whole complexion of what we know as college football. But 2020 rolled around, or, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me, 2021 rolled around. And uh, after 2020, everyone was thinking, you know, it's just, it's time for a change, you know? It's time for, you know, name, image, and likeness to be talked about. So before I get into this, let me rewind the clocks back. You're going to think I'm silly for this, but it starts from a video game. <laughs> it starts from an actual video game. No joke, it does. It starts from a video game. Uh, NCAA football video game series created by EA Sports is a very popular game. I played it back in the day. It was fun, and and who knows? I may get a copy of the, of the new game coming out myself. The new game is expected to be released in 2024. They're bringing it back. It's going to be college football, EA Sports college football, and it sounds so fun. It's going to be on uh, new generation consoles, sold everywhere, released in 2024. But, I mean, it started with a video game. The argument was, okay, so you're using a video game and you're using our characters and our players, but we're not getting anything out of it. You're using, say, the last game was NCAA Football 14, I think, and uh, Denard Robinson, Michigan, uh, former Michigan quarterback, was on the cover of that. He was playing, or uh, there was a quarterback in Michigan, I don't know at the time, I don't know, remember the, you know, the name at the time, but was playing as a starting quarterback for that team, would sit there, and say, okay, see his number, but he wouldn't see his name on it at all. He's not getting anything out of this at all. So they're thinking to themselves, wait a minute. I want 
you know, I want some compensation for this. You're making some stuff out of us, and Madden gets all the treatment because it's the NFL. Madden gets, you know, their name, image, and likeness out there because, you know, it's, like I said, professional football. But now I, the, the college football stars are thinking, if you're making a game out of us, we want to be involved. We want some, the piece of the pie, if you will. So, obviously, EA Sports said no. The NCAA said no. And then, you know, they were like, okay, we're not going to be a part of the game. You know, we don't want anything to do with the game. So, NCAA and EA Sports came to a crossroads with the video game. The game stopped for years until its eventual return. Now, before that eventual return, a lot of, you know, a lot of people and a lot of outcry was coming in for the support for the players. The NCAA was, okay, let's reevaluate the name, image, and likeness scenario and then in the situation. Now, here we are. I mean, that's pretty much it. NIL has come about. Meetings in 2021 uh, ensued. And, you know, by July of 2021, NIL, uh, name, image, and likeness, NIL was established and deals started like that immediately. I don't know if you can hear the snap of my finger on the mic, but just like that, it started immediately. A, a bunch of NIL deals started rolling and rolling. Uh, former Auburn quarterback, uh, Bo Nix, he's now at Oregon, uh, got a, a deal with Milo's. Uh, former LSU quarterback who's now retired, Miles Brennan, had a Raisin Cane's deal. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff going on with NIL. And a lot of college players were getting NIL deals left and right. Bryce Young, before in his first season, before he even started, started getting NIL money and started getting deals because of how you know how popular he was down in, in, on campus. So, I mean, NIL has changed literally everything we know about college football. The thing about it is it can be good and it can be bad. Here's the good about it. Yes, if you use NIL, it could probably go towards your education. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to have. Uh, I mean, if you're trying to make a video, another video game out of everybody, that would be a good thing. To, yeah, it would be a very good thing to have. It would be a good thing to, uh, you know, establish yourself before you hit the pros and make a little extra money in college for, like I said, academics and, you know, trying to pay for school. Those are some good things that come out of NIL if you're a student athlete. However, I touched on this a little bit with the transfer portal conversation last week. It's kind of like a semi-pro mindset, and this is where the cons of it comes in. It's a, semi, it's a semi-pro organization, and it's turning into that when you make it your sole focus of playing football and when you make it your sole focus of everything. So say I'm a a freshman recruit coming in, and I'm getting recruited by Alabama, and you go up to Nick Saban and say, you know what, I want $550,000 of NIL money uh, for me, and I'll consider playing for you. That's not how it works. <laughs> not when you're going to college football. Um, you get recruited based on your talent. You get recruited based on your academics. And you get offered, hey, we want you to come play football for our university. And you represent our university as a student athlete. Keyword, student athlete. And I think a lot of it is becoming more about less of student and more of athlete student last and getting the money, you know, first, and, you know, that's all we care about. 
And it's taken a lot, you know, away from the game in that aspect, which I don't like. Um, and I think NIL is good, but I think there needs to be some regulation on NIL, starting with you have to earn your NIL. So that's one key thing I would say about it is a part of the landscape of college football. You have to earn your NIL, and I'm really for that. I would say you play on the field and earn your NIL deal with whoever. I mean, whoever sponsors you, but you have to earn it. It's not one of those things where, okay, you're going to get recruited and you're going to get NIL money to, uh, you know, you know, for just committing to that school. Now, used to back in the day, if you paid college play, play, you know, incoming recruits, that's illegal in the NCAA. You get fired from your job and you get, you know, the school gets in trouble for it. So, yeah, that's, yeah, those days are over, (laughs) essentially, when NIL is now coming in. I mean, it's all about money now. So, it's essentially over and you can pay players to come play for, I mean, to a certain degree, I'm not saying the whole time, but you can use NIL money to recruiting and use it money to advantage of recruiting. And it's, you know, completely normal, but NIL is one of those things where I think we have to regulate it just because I feel like they have to earn it in college instead of just, you know, get it handed to them right away. It's one of those things where, you play for it, and then you get it. So that's just my take on it. I think it has changed everything about college football. I mean, everything is NIL involved. Everything is, you know, about that, and it's a key point in where players are going to go end up playing. Texas A&M had the number one recruiting class. Jimbo Fisher says it's not about this. However, I kind of do think that Texas A&M used NIL to their advantage uh, back in, going into the 2022 season. Uh, they had the number number one recruiting class in 2022 again. So, I mean, it's, like I said, it, he used everything, you know, to the advantage of NIL to get those players. Again, we're not calling him out on it. That's just how the way college football is ran nowadays. It's all about, you know, how much, how much NIL money am I going to make and how much playing time could I get? And if not, I'm going to hit the portal and figure out, you know, my path for NIL and and figure out my path for, you know, to success in college going into professional football. Now, I feel like the in the olden days where, where there was no NIL, you had to play for all that. You had to play to go to the NFL and play to earn your money. So my take on it is it's becoming a more of a semi-pro sport and it's becoming a, you know, get ready to go professional sport, teaching you how to be in the NFL before you get there kind of deal. And in a lot of ways, I feel like some players can abuse that. Some players don't, but I I think that it's a huge deal in college football. And I think it's changed everything when it comes to college football. Now, again, is it good? NIL is good. Yeah, it's good. It can also be bad though. So I would say, one, regulate on, you know, who gets NIL money right off the bat. And number two, like I said, just try to earn, try to set up a way to, to, okay, you need to earn your NIL and you need to earn it on the field before you get it. I feel like that's my my take on it. Um, I think that's my, you know, whole thoughts on the process of NIL, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. Like I said before, I'm not trying to be be a broken record here, but 
it's literally how I feel about it. I mean, that's it's, I don't think it's bad. I think it's good when it's not abused. You know, it's it's not abused. And I I feel like college football sometimes can be a me mindset, and it doesn't need to be a me mindset. I feel like to get to the pros and to earn your way there, you got to make it a team mindset instead of a me mindset. What can I do best? Instead, you know, what can I do best for me instead of what can I do best for you know, Clemson or Michigan State or Wisconsin or Alabama or LSU or Ole Miss or whoever, Ohio State, whoever, you know, it's it's about me instead of the team. And that's where it's got to, you know, flip-flop. You got to make it about the team first instead of the me first. So that's just how I look at it. Uh, I feel like NIL has changed the complexion of college football, and I feel like it's going to continue to change the complexion of college football until – Something happens with it. It's literally become a salary cap based thing, just like the NFL. So, I mean, I think NAL is good. It could also be bad. So, my thoughts are don't abuse it and make it a team mindset and a team thing and make it a thing where you regulate it and earn it on the field instead of just being handed to you right away. But that's my thoughts on the NIL. And I think that it can be good, but it could also be, you know, a little troubling for college football sometimes. So that's my thoughts on NIL. Going into spring football, spring football started up. Again, you can tell how excited I am because I really love football. Uh, I talk about it all the time. That's why I'm doing this show is because of my love for the game. Now, spring football is here. Ha. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, we're diving deep into you know positions and we're going to figure out who's going to start where who's going to get first team reps who's getting second team reps you know we're deciding you know who's 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 in the spring who's not going to be in the spring so my outlook for the top teams and i'm just going to name a few i'm not going to name every team in college football because we're going to be here for hours so um I'm just going to talk about some of the top teams and give you my outlooks and what I would like to see come going into the spring and what's coming out of spring going into late summer into the early fall in August for camp, training camp to start before, you know, the season begins. Now, kick it off the bat. Let's start with the defending national champions. Let's start with the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, with Georgia, my only outlook I got for them is who replaces Stetson Bennett? Um, we got Carson Beck, who is probably the, the 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 likely option. And let me just talk about Carson Beck for a second. I think Carson Beck is one of those things where, you know, okay, he's been there for a long time. Um, Stetson Bennett, you know, took over. And then JT Daniels took over. Then Stetson Bennett took back over. So it was one of those things where it was like, okay, I've been here for a while. I've kind of paid my due. I kind of see where, you know, I want to go. With this, um, I want to see if it's my time now, and he's l- the most likely option for it. So, I-, I would say that Stetson Bennett. I mean, replacing Stetson Bennett is going to be it's going to be hard, not too hard, but hard. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's won back to back national championships and was, you know, you know, didn't lose many games. Obviously, he won more of his games than he did lose. So he's he's a he's a winner. He's not the flashiest quarterback by no means, but he won games, and that's what that's what they wanted, and that's what Georgia wants now. So we're going to see. It's not really necessarily if Carson Beck, who's going to start and replace him. I mean, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it is that, but it's like 
the 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 main question I have is if Carson Beck is the guy, what can he do? What can Carson Beck do that Stetson Bennett didn't do to continue to lead Georgia Bulldogs to more playoff appearances and potentially a third straight national championship? So can Carson Beck replace Stetson Bennett? Can he win the quarterback competition down in Athens? That's what I would like to see. And let's see who has the advantage. I'm not going to say flat out, okay, he's the starter by all means in the spring. But you got to think about, you know, going into the fall who is going to start, you know, for them, you know, and who has the edge, so to speak. So I would like to see if Carson Beck can do that and have the edge there as well. Second, we're going to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> and, and this is where I was talking about the Tony Mitchell situation earlier, and I said I was going to touch up on this during the spring outlook. But I would like to see Alabama and, and what they do with new offensive coordinator Tommy Ree and uh, welcomed back defensive coordinator, if you say, uh, in Kevin Steele. I want to see what that defense does. I want to see what that offense does around him. Um, no Dallas Turner, an outside linebacker. No inside linebacker, Deontay Lawson. Does that hurt? Yeah, it kind of hurts a little bit. I mean, you kind of want to see what they would, they would, how they adjust to that new defensive scheme with Kevin Steele in the spring, obviously. But they still have Kool Aid McKinstry, superstar defensive back who's coming into his own. They have uh, Teron uh, Arnold still there. I mean, they got deep, good, good DBs and they're all playing and they're all lining up for the spring. And then we're going to see who replaces Bryce Young. So that was the hard part. And I'm going to get into more Alabama in a minute, but. Before we get into that, let's talk about who replaces him. It's a competition between Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow saw action a little bit last year when Bryce Young injured his shoulder against Arkansas. And then Ty Simpson didn't really see that much action, but Ty Simpson is taking strides in spring camp before the spring game uh, is played in a few weeks in April. But he's taking strides with Alabama right now currently. He's doing a fantastic job, according to sources, inside their spring. But Jalen Milrow is you know, not going to let uh, let Ty Simpson take that job easily. He's going to compete. So Jalen Milrow, he's, he's the, the, he has the advantage due to his experience. But Ty Simpson, when it comes to his accuracy and arm, may have the advantage to the point where Nick Saban may, you know, okay, okay, we may start him and give him the, the nod over Jalen Milrow. So it's kind of hard to see until the spring game happens and until spring wraps up, you know, what's going to happen there. So we got to see what happens there. We just have to wait and and look and see what, and watch the spring game, of course, to see what happens and who replaces Bryce Young. It's a tough ask. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Bryce Young is a projected top pick in the NFL. I'll have more NFL draft dates up uh, later on in, in uh, the Thursday episode of Pigskin Frenzy, but it's hard to replace that. It's also hard to replace a Will Anderson. It's so hard to replace a lot of the guys they lost, and they're wondering, how are we going to do it? How are we going to replace a Bill O'Brien who just went to the Patriots? How are we going to replace a Pete Golding that just became the new defensive coordinator at Ole Miss? What are we going to do? We just lost everybody. Oh, no, pulling their hairs out. Nick Saban's just calm, sitting there and saying, I have a plan, and he does have a plan. And, and it's kind of funny that every time, every time they get a new coordinator and they switch everything around, they end up winning the whole thing. <laughs> they end up winning the whole national champion. They, imagine that. They go all the way and win the national title. Every time, or almost every time, they have a successful season after a turnover 
every time. So if I am a fan of Alabama, yes, I would be, you know, jumping in, jumping up and down, exci- uh, excited. If I'm an opponent for Alabama, I would just sit there and probably go, well, darn, you know, because they're coming. And 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 I'm not going to sit there and say that, you know, they're they're okay. They're they're washed up, and they're they're you know yesterday's news. Georgia's the new thing. Uh, Georgia better watch out too, because I think Alabama's not going to sit there and take everything lightly. They're coming. They're coming back, and they're going to try to have a good season. And they are trying to prove to everybody that they are Alabama. They play physical football, and they are ready to play physical football. I'm not trying to be on the Alabama hype train today. I'm just being honest. Um, so. I would like to see two things. Who replaces Bryce Young? And number two, what kind of fire are they going to bring? What what Alabama is showing up, you know? And I, and I want to see that coming into the season, but also I want to see what's it going to look like after spring, after spring camp is over, what's going to happen, you know? I, I would like to see that uh, a lot, actually. I want to see what kind of Alabama we're, we're going to see in the season, if we're going to see Alabama that we need to look out for or Alabama that was like last season that kind of ended up, you know, was kind of, you know, a, not really just a, a disappointing season, but like a, you know, eh, you know, like a meh type season, if you will. But uh, Michigan, I would like to see uh, how – the game plan is with J.J. McCarthy, and I want to see the game plan of how Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum are going to rotate in and out, and I would like to see what they're going to do and how to and how they're going to adjust after their loss to TCU. That's what I want to see from them during the spring. Michigan has had two good seasons. They were back-to-back Big Ten champions. They were um, uh, back-to-back playoff appearances. They lost both, though. They have had a consecutive streak of losing their bowl games and not finishing out. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, it's kind of difficult to sit there and say, you know, Michigan's a, a, a top two team and you're going to win the national championship when they keep, you know, making it, but then end up losing. It's kind of hard, you know, but they are a top team and I know they're a top team. Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. Those are some good football players they got on their team now. J.J. McCarthy's a good quarterback. He's coming back. You got Donovan Edwards coming back as a junior. You got Blake Corum coming back as a senior. So really, really good football Good football team. And, and, and what I would like to see for them is how are they going to bounce back after you know, that loss from TCU and what are the, and what is their game plan heading into the spring and what are they going to work on? Uh, are they going to, you know, work on a lot more offense? Or are they going to adjust some of the st- uh, things on defense? Because some of their defensive adjustments probably need to be cl- cleaned up a little bit too. Uh, I saw a lot of adjustments like in the uh, like in the, in the the middle, you know, in the linebacker area in the middle where they were uh, ran on and thrown on by TCU. I feel like a lot of their plays and mistakes and, and mental errors were shown in that game. I would like to see them clean that up in the spring and get ready for the 2023 season strong and to be a top contender in the Big Ten because with the way they are built, they are a top contender in the uh, in the Big Ten. Ohio State, same thing. I would like to see who replaces C.J. Stroud. That's a big thing. I want to see, uh, one, what 
you know how they're gonna how they're gonna produce when Marvin Harrison is the guy on their own instead of just you know having a bunch of guys around him. Because yes, while they do have good receivers, Marvin Harrison is the top receiver there currently for that team. So it's kind of like okay, I kind of want to see what they do with Marvin Harrison as their sole guy, and I want to see who replaces C.J. Stroud going into that season. That's a spring outlook I have for Ohio State, um, and. I want to see what they what their motivation factor is. You know, is it to win a national championship? Not only that, is it to beat Michigan? I think that's a huge. I think those are two huge motivation factors right there. You know, and what to train for and look for going into the football season, but in the spring as well. Um, LSU, LSU has uh, their second second spring season with Brian Kelly. Uh, they have Jaden Daniels back. They have the return of possibly the best defensive player in college football in Harold Perkins. They have Malik Neighbors back. They have Mason Taylor back. They have Mason Smith coming off of a torn ACL from last year. He's back. They have a lot of good stars there. They have a lot of good transfers. Transfer defensive backs and uh, Denver Harris from Texas A&M. We, they have Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse. They have Omar Spates, a linebacker from Oregon State. So they have a lot of good transfers on defense and a lot of good offensive weapons there. They have a top five offensive coordinator in Mike Denbrock. So it's, it's a team that was coming into their own last year but still won the SEC West. So what are they going to do with a full spring? Everything's Everybody's back. Everything's adjusted. What are they going to do? And what is their motivation going into the, 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 the football season this season? Now, the spring, I would like to see, I, and this is my take on it for the outlook, Jaden Daniels and his arm, I would say. I would say he runs the ball well, Chris. I and mean, he has shown some flashiness through the air. He has. I would like to see more of that and more adjustments being made through his timing and his accuracy you know, in the air, and I would like to see more key-based and crisp decision-making when it comes to throwing the ball. Now, his decision-making is on point. On point, he is a he is a smart quarterback, and he's got the tools to be a a, a great, a successful quarterback, probably in the pros if he play and, and, and if he keeps at it. You know, but I would like to see him throw the ball more instead of duck and run in situations. Now, in situations where you have to run, that's good. But when there's guys open, don't just take off. You know, you can throw to them, you know. Don't, you know, have the confidence, have the boldness to throw to those receivers and let them also make some of the plays for you to take a load off. So I would like to see Jaden Daniels um, excel in the spring, and that's one of my outlooks for LSU in the spring. Also, Garrett Nussmeyer and that, that situation there. Now, he has shown significant improvement, especially in the SEC championship game against Georgia. He's shown me that he could start anywhere, but he's choosing to stay at LSU. So what's going to happen there? Brian Kelly has said that Jaden Daniels is the starter, but Garrett Nussmeyer will get first-team reps. So it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to say the least, what are we going to do with Garrett Nussmeyer? And that's a huge situation. If I'm LSU, I'm asking, what are we going to do with Garrett Nussmeyer? So it's, it's one of those things there like, okay, we need to we, we we need to start Jaden, but you also got to play Garrett because he is a solid quarterback that probably doesn't need to be on the bench if we're being honest. But if Garrett does, you know, wait and he's looking like he's he might he might wait. Um, it's looking like it when Jaden leaves after this twenty twenty three season, the full starting job is Garrett Nussmeyer's, and he's QB one going into twenty twenty four. So, I mean. We're going to see those two outlooks, I think. What Jaden Daniels can do with his arm and what Garrett Nussmeyer could do 
you know, for that team as just a backup, but also playing for them, you know, in the 2023 season. Clemson, uh, last but not least, I want to see a, a, a spring outlook for them really quick. I want to see what how they're going to adjust with uh, Cade Klubnick as their starter. He had a good bowl game. He, they lost the bowl game against Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. Don't get me wrong, they lost, but Cade Klubnick did not do bad in that game whatsoever. He had a good first uh, full game as a starter. He he threw the ball well. He made crisp decisions. Some decisions were off, but you know it's a fresh. He's a freshman quarterback, so I want to see what K. Clubnick can do as his uh, in his uh, his first spring as a full time starter. And I want to see what adjustments can be made with K. Clubnick to lead that Clemson offense. Clemson is a good football team, going to compete with Florida State in the uh, ACC Atlantic, and they're going to look to um, shine as well and compete and still be the Clemson who has been dominating the ACC for years on end. So going to have to get past a good Florida State team. Florida State's looking really, really good. Um, but my outlook for Clemson would be to see what's happening with Cade Klubnick and, to, and see if they can make the proper adjustments with him as the full-time starter. And I want to see them coming out of spring confident in him and him getting, gaining a little bit of confidence in himself going in to, you know, fall camp and getting ready for the 2023 season. That's my spring outlook for a lot of the top teams in college football. And I'll just and keep in mind, spring football is a time to where, okay, we can project this and say this. And I can say, oh, you know, Bama's going to start this guy or Clinton's going to start this guy or Michigan State's going to start this guy. But we don't know until the games are actually played in the season. But it's really a good time to look at your team and to see where they're at heading into fall camp and heading into the season. So just, I mean, if you're a fan of any team, don't take spring lightly. I would say look at your team, evaluate, and see what you're looking forward to. And, oh, this needs to be improved on. Or, oh, this looks good. You know, they might they might need to roll with that coming up in the season. So, I mean, it's always good to check out your team during spring football. That's all we got for today. Um, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to sit, listen, and watch some college football coverage presented by me. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Podbean, share around with others, and follow on there as well. Spotify, same thing. Share around with others and follow on there as well. At On Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that in, follow on there. You'll get updates for pigskin frenzy episodes and notifications from news and highlights across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. Just type pigskin frenzy, follow and like the page, and then you'll get updates for episodes and notifications for college football news and highlights across college football and NFL. I'm Joel Norris. A big thank you for just taking some time out of your Tuesday to listen. And we have more with NFL coming up. We'll have some more on the Lamar Jackson situation uh, going on there. That's one you don't want to miss. New developing story there. And we'll talk about it on Thursday. Again, thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris signing off. And we will see you Thursday for an NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy.